Our scripture for today comes from the 91st Psalm. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, or the arrow that flies by day, or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It is the middle of the night. A man sits awake, gripped by fear and grief. His anguish and distress is so intense that his thoughts are storming and he cannot catch his breath. The walls of the room he is sitting in feel as though they are closing in on him, and so he stumbles outside to the place he often goes to pray. He falls to the ground, sweating and crying. All he knows to do is to put his hands and his face to the earth and cry out to God. He calls his best friends, please stay up with me and keep watch while I pray. But they do not understand. They cannot stay awake. They want to help him, they really do, but they cannot carry his burden or shield him from his terror. Three times the man cries out to God, O oh Lord, if at all possible, please let this cup pass from me. There is no word from God. This cup will not pass from him. Three times he turns to see his friends asleep. There is no word from his friends. He walks the next leg of the journey alone. The man will face not only this terror that stalks him in the night, coming to cuff him and haul him off to a sham trial. He will face also the destruction that wastes at noonday. 
Less than 12 hours later, at high noon, he cries out again, this time from the words of Psalm 22, this time from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? In this moment of God-forsakenness, surely his internal voices yell as loudly as his mockers at the foot of the cross. God, are you real? God, have you abandoned me? God, if you are all-powerful and all-loving, then how could you let this happen? A wayward and troubled man stands alone in the wilderness. He tends his father-in-law's sheep most days. He never did belong in his hometown. Even in his own family, he never did really fit in. He had issues with anger. He murdered a man. And then he fled for his life to escape the death penalty. He settled in a new town where nobody knew his name, and he married a good woman from a good family. He made peace with his past fears and sorrows for what they were, long ago and far away. But God had other plans for this man. Not only did God want him to return home, God wanted him to confront his adoptive brother who happened to be the Pharaoh of Egypt. Not only did God want him to confront Brother Pharaoh, God wanted him to demand that Pharaoh let God's people go. But this man knows that he is the wrong person for this job, and so he tells God, no. The last time he tried to engage an issue of Egyptian Hebrew injustice, he ended up murdering a man. He cannot trust himself to be in his hometown. He knows he doesn't have a voice among the Egyptians, and yet here God is commanding him to go and demand that Pharaoh give away all his free labor. He didn't have a voice among the Hebrews, and yet Here God is commanding him to assemble the leaders of Israel and announce to them that freedom is coming. The man argues that not only is he unqualified and unpositioned to speak with such authority, he's really not very good at speaking at all. And so I'm sorry, God, but you are going to need to send someone else. Like all of us, Moses tries to do anything, anything other than follow God's call. But in the end, like so many of us, in all of his trying, he is not able to do anything else. Trembling, quivering, his staff shaking in his hand, Moses demands an audience with Pharaoh Moses watches in horrified amazement the casualties of this clash between Almighty God and Almighty Pharaoh. And finally, Moses leads the Israelites 
into the desert, into a future and a place he knows he will not see in his lifetime. Quivering, trembling, shaking in our boots, we too have experienced God stirring and urging in ways that feel awfully risky. Standing in front of burning bushes, we have wondered if we're crazy, if we're doing the right thing. We too have stepped out in faith with no five-year plan, no cash on hand, no precedent to follow. We too have insisted to God and to ourselves that we are not up to the task. Our psalm for today is from book four of the Psalter's five books. A book in the Psalms that is filled with references to Moses and Israel's wandering in the desert. Vulnerable and afraid, hungry and thirsty. Moses is referred to in five of the 16 chapters in this book of the Psalms compared to only once in the other four books of the Psalter. Moses and the Israelites are not directly named in Psalm 91, but it is no stretch to imagine the terrors, dangers, and catastrophes they faced in the wilderness between Egypt and the Promised Land. They lived in a constant state of threat, vulnerable to wild beasts like the lion and the serpent, vulnerable to military incursion. They were not exactly a military superpower. They were a small band of escaped slaves. They did not have a king or gold or a world-class military. They were particularly vulnerable to every terror named in Psalm 91. At first glance, it appears the terrors listed in Psalm 91 must exist only in the wilderness. Wild beasts, mysterious illnesses, stones and eagles. Is it possible that we share the same fears and anxieties today? Psalm 91 precisely names the fears and anxieties we face every day. Harmful words cunning, underhanded dealings, being set up to fail, blamed for something we didn't do, treated unjustly, suddenly losing what we love the most, making a big mistake, breaking a relationship, not being able to provide for our family, a phone call, bearing news of disease, COVID or cancer some other unanticipated catastrophe. Psalm 91 highlights what we understand today to be emotional or even medical concerns. The breakdown of our relationship with our spouse, our children, or our extended family. Sudden unexplained death in the middle of the day or the middle of the night. But in the ancient Near East, these were attributed to various demonic or nefarious spiritual forces. Fear is not an altogether unhealthy thing. It has served us well 
throughout our human experience. It's one of the reasons why we exist today, because fear alerts us to something that might be dangerous or painful or threatening to us. And yet, we still wonder if fear means we are unfaithful, failing to love and trust God. Maybe you've heard the saying, the opposite of faith is not doubt, it's fear. But I have come to wrestle deeply with the idea that faith and fear are somehow opposites. As if they're mutually exclusive, as if they can't exist in the same space. Don't we more often than not experience faith and fear at the same time? Jesus, praying in agony in the garden. Moses standing before Pharaoh. The mothers and fathers of our faith who laid down their very lives. Sweat drops of blood, legs shaking, voices quivering, Enduring, persevering in the midst of fear for the sake of Christ and the coming of his kingdom. I doubt, seriously, if any of these ever acted in faith without fear. I expect they were fearfully faithful. What is asked of the faithful by Psalm 91 is not that we somehow get over our fear or live in evasion of fear, but rather if we are willing to find a home in God in the midst of fear. Will we choose to love God and allow God to love us intimately, personally, in the midst of of our fear. Love and trust do not come easy in times of fear. In Matthew 23, knowing with certainty that his life would be taken through cunning, underhanded dealings, treacherous plots, and false accusations, Jesus cried, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How I have longed to pull you into the safe shelter beneath my wings. But you simply would not let me. In this year that feels like a decade, our deepest fears are close. We find ourselves awake in the night, crying and tired of crying, Thinking and tired of thinking, shaking in our boots, praying that God would spare us, that asking that God would send someone else, even stumbling out into the garden, shaking our fists at the sky and yelling, how could you let this happen, God? And all the while, the voice of the Almighty cries within and around us. Amid the pestilence that stalks in the darkness and the destruction that wastes at noonday, 
my child, my child, will you let me be your refuge and strength? Will you let me love you and shelter you? God longs to be near and known by us in the midst of life's fears and anxieties. God yearns to be the full coverage shield buffering our bodies, minds, and souls. Like any loving mother at the end of a long and terrible day at school, God deeply desires to get us home and get us fed. To wrap us up and snuggle us on the couch just long enough to strengthen us and encourage us to get out there and keep going. So whether you are faithful, fearfully faithful, or simply faithless, hear this. We find our security not in our faith. We find our security in the faithfulness of God. Sheltering, strengthening, loving, providing. What if the most faithful thing we can do when we feel overwhelmed by fear is crawl into God's lap and allow God to be faithful for us? Those who love me, says the Lord, I will protect. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will be their rescue and their honor. I will be their salvation and satisfaction. Amen and amen.